So today we're uh, wrapping up our series, Finding Joy. Now next week begins Advent, the season of Advent, and we're going to start a new series called Learning to Walk in the Dark. This is the darkest time of the year. Uh, It's the coldest time. It's it's the year where we've all struggled so much and felt like we're in the dark. And so we're going to explore what does it mean to walk in the dark. But today, as we wrap up our series, um, Finding Joy, I want to remind you, we've been looking at intentional ways we can cultivate joy in our lives to make ourselves more joyful and and to bless the world. And as I was thinking about this uh, and how we're going to wrap up today, it made me think of the hundredth day of school in elementary school. Now, you may not know this, but kids celebrate this every year in K through 5. And sometimes parents even dress up their kids to be older and send them to school. Like, what would they look like when they're 100? Danny, actually, my wife, she has an app on her phone where she can take a picture of the kids, and uh, it ages their face to make them look like they're 100. (laughs) It's so great. The kids love it. Uh, And and one of the other things that uh, they do sometimes is they encourage the kids to write down Uh, what will you be doing when you're 100? What will life be like when you're 100 years old? And so this is what one little girl, Emma, wrote. She said, when I turn 100 years old, I will be tired of everything and everyone. (laughs) So I will tell everyone I'm going to Canada, but actually go to the Bahamas. I'll live in a tiny hut with my tiny dog. I will order fish tacos when I'm hungry, and I will live my best life with no crap. Oh, I thought that was so great. And it made, me, it made me think, you think Emma maybe is a little tired already of everything and everyone? <laughs> or, or, or maybe she's seen um, her parents or her grandparents that they kind of seem a little tired of everything and everyone. And she's, she's thought, maybe as you get older, this just uh, increases, you know, that, that eventually you just want to escape from everything. But we all know you can't actually escape from everything, right? You can't get away from all the stuff that happens in life, even though we want to. And, and to live our best life, yeah, we want it. We want to avoid all that. But it's, it's always going to be there. And, and one of the things we've been exploring in this series is a lot of it is our perspective and our expectations about life. I, the first time I ever flew in an airplane, the first time I flew in a plane, it was uh, all the way to Israel. That was my first flight, and when I got out, I was just so excited. I was like, yes, oh man, this is awesome. I got to fly in a plane, sit in a chair in the sky. Everyone, everyone came running over to me, this small group I went with, and they said, Joel, are you okay? That was one of the worst flights I'd ever been on. It was so turbulent and scary. I was like, oh, really? I, you know, I just thought you're flying in a metal box through the sky. Like, of course it would feel like a roller coaster. <laughs> no big deal to me, because I had never experienced it before. For everybody else, it, it wasn't a great experience, right? It was just our perspective and our, our expectations. Kind of like uh, when you're on your phone or computer or something, and you're, you're typing in, you're making a call, you're on, on the internet, and it seems to be going so slow. I, I just want to remind you what's happening in that moment, and I need to remind myself of this too. The signal's going all the way up to space, <laughs> and then coming back down. We should just be patient for a moment, you know, and be grateful, like, wow, we could go all the way to space, and on Thursday, when you bring, bring the turkey out of the oven and it's still frozen on the inside, you can be like, oh, I'm going to go up to space and grab the answer for how long should I microwave this turkey so it's edible, right? <laughs> it's just a, a matter of perspective, our, our gratitude. Wow, this, this is so amazing. It's awe. Whoa, look at this, right? What a gift. And so this navigation of perspective is really important. Uh, and it's really about being grateful. 
over and over and over again, we have this idea of being grateful, right? The Apostle Paul writes about it over and over and over again in his letters to different Christians, saying, hey, it's really important to be grateful. And so let's look at what he says to, uh, in First Thessalonians to the Christians there. Uh, would you read this with me from home? He says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in every situation, because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And do you notice what he says about give, give thanks in every situation? He doesn't say give thanks for every situation. Right? Give thanks in every situation. Because there are a lot of situations I'm not going to give thanks for. Right? When, when bad things happen, I'm not, I'm not giving thanks for that. But maybe there's something in that situation that I can give thanks for. Uh, some years ago, I was at the hospital with a family, and uh, there was a family member who was having surgery. And we had spent a long time at the hospital, and so it was, everyone was hungry. We went down to the cafeteria to grab some food, and I found some food, and I uh, went to go check out, and they said, Joel, you're not gonna buy that. We're gonna buy that for you. And I said, no, I'm not putting one more thing on you today. This has been a really hard day. I'll buy my food. And they said, no, we're grateful you're here. Don't take away our joy. And I thought, man, if I'd known you were gonna buy food, would have gotten something else, right? I mean, something cheaper, something less expensive. <laughs> but th this was the, we're grateful. Let us, let us be grateful. This brings us joy. That was, we, we often think that when we're happy, we're grateful. But really, it's the other way around. It's when we're grateful, we're happy. When we're grateful, we're happy. A couple years ago, uh, I did a sermon on gratitude, and, and we walked through all these studies and all this stuff that happened, and I want to touch on some of that because I think it's still important to remind us, but I really want to take us a different way today to talk about gratitude. And I want us to talk about um, smiling like weirdos and random posters on our walls and fancy plates and how to change the world, okay? And, and all these things connect to gratitude. And so let's, let's just talk about smiling like weirdos. Can we do that for a second? Have you ever done that? Can you do that? Can you look at someone at home at the drive-in service? I made everyone look at each other and just smile very awkwardly, right? Just, do you remember what a smile looks like with all the masks that we have on? We can see it in people's eyes, uh, but we miss that smile in so many ways. And, and what research has shown is that if you smile for 20 seconds, let me make sure I get this right, smiling for 20 seconds triggers positive emotions, jump-starting joy and happiness, stimulates the release of neuropeptides that fight off stress, release serotonin, which is a natural antidepressant, dopamine, which stimulates the reward center of the brain, and endorphins, which are natural painkillers. Smiling, that, that's it. How are you smiling? Are you being, making sure you're smiling? Because that brings us joy. You know, we're wired to feel this joy. You know who smiles? People who are grateful. People who remember how blessed they are. People who remember that this whole thing's a gift. People who see the blessings even in difficult circumstances. Right? That, and when we do that, it releases all of these chemicals in our brain that help bring us more joy. Help remind us uh, this whole thing's a gift. Right? That's really important, I think. And gratitude is just one of the ways we can get to joy. But it's a really important one. You know, um, so our brains, let me remind you of some of the, the science and the, the research behind this. Psychologists will tell you that we naturally lean toward, we have like a negativity bias in our brain. So when we experience something negative, we latch onto that. That becomes a, a more fixed part of our brain. And this is because when something bad happens, we want to avoid that in the future. 
right? So our brain remembers it. It's a survival instinct. And so that becomes part of our brain, and it is a neurological pathway, a pathway that we naturally end up walking, right? Uh, one of the sayings is neurons that fire together wire together, meaning when you focus on the negative things, it all wires together and it becomes this pathway that follows when you, you notice that. So much easier. Gratitude, thankfulness, happiness, joy, good memories, good experiences, those are actually a little harder to hold on to. Um, it usually takes about 10 or 15 seconds to make an imprint on our brain to help reroute this neurological pathway. So you've got to hold on to it and then it creates a new pathway that then you can slide into a little easier, right? A path is always easier to walk. So it's which path are you going to walk? The one that is difficult, the one that is remembering the negative things, or the one that's remembering the grateful things, the things that are a gift, the things that are a blessing, right? So though we're wired to be grateful, we have to be intentional to cultivate it so that ungratefulness or, or only focusing on the negative doesn't take over. That's really important to be intentional. And so that brings us to uh, putting posters, random posters up. And I'm not talking about the poster like of the cat with the sunglasses that you got from the dentist when you were a little kid or posters of your favorite band like Metallica or the Beatles or your favorite superheroes like Spider-Man. All those are awesome. And, and maybe those can be these posters. But I'm specifically talking about the poster that the Muscarellis put up in their house. Ted had posted this on Facebook. You probably even saw it. Um, and this is what he says. He says, my wife has had enough. She made us a thankful board in our house. She's given us different colored markers and makes us write something we're thankful for every day. I was complaining, and she told me to write 11 things I was thankful for. Fun times at the Muscarelli house. Sure do love that woman. Right? That's being intentional. Like, hey, hey, let's not focus on all this. Let's, let's remember there are some positive good things, things to be grateful for. Right? Let's remember those things. Writing things down that you're thankful for can literally change your life. Dr. Robert Emmons is the leading researcher of just gratitude. Did you even know there was such a role? If you've read anything about positive psychology, you've probably read something that he's written, something that he's done. And one of these landmark studies he did was back in 2003, where he took over 100 undergrad students from college, and he separated them into three groups. In the first group, he said, write down five things you're thankful for. Second group, five things uh, that frustrate you, five things that concern you, five things that annoy you. Uh, the third group, he said, just write down five things, whatever comes to mind. They did this for 10 weeks. At the end of 10 weeks, what they found is the people who wrote down things they were thankful for, they had less health issues, they were willing and able to exercise more and, and be healthier, and they also just had so much more gratitude and joy for life. You know, that's, that's a real gift. And, and we've seen studies like this over and over and over after that. Uh, you know, a couple years ago, I told you the study where they had people write down three things in a journal every day and how that just made them so much more joyful in their lives and, and how it was such a gift just to focus on things they're grateful for. They did a couple studies. They did one after 9-11, the 9-11 terrorist attacks, and after Hurricane Katrina with people who had experienced those events and did the same thing with them and found those who focused on things that were grateful for were able to push back depression and focus and have more joy, even in the midst of these difficult struggles. But gratitude, it doesn't just uh, make us more joyful. There's a ton of benefits from it, and we've talked about this before. This is what uh, Dr. Emmons, he's worked with over 1,000 people from ages 8 to 80, 
And these are things he said. People who consistently practice gratitude, this is what they experience. Take a look at this list. Stronger immune system, less bothered by aches and pains, lower blood pressure. They exercise more and take better care of their health. They sleep longer and feel more refreshed. They have higher levels of positive emotions, more joy and pleasure, more optimism and happiness, more helpful, generous, compassionate, more forgiving, and less lonely and isolated. All that just from being grateful, counting their blessings. Don't you want, that's what, I want to feel those things. I want to experience those things. And so I want to be more grateful, to be blessed by those ways, because that's how we're wired. But we have to be intentional with how we do it. And so let me just put a list up of five, uh, a list of a few simple things you can do to help cultivate gratitude. Um, Can we put that list on the screen? Yeah, so take some time to journal some of the things you're thankful for. When you pray, notice every Sunday when we pray, I, I start with, thank you for this, right? Because I, I want us to have that ingrained in us. Say what we're grateful for when we pray. Say thank you when you first wake up, when you get out of bed, even when you don't want to get out of bed. Thank you that I can wake up and not want to get out of bed, right? Um, put a giant poster board on your wall and write down things you're thankful for. Write a note or email to someone and just tell them thank you. Post something you're grateful for on Facebook each day. Couldn't we use that? Something on social media that's saying, hey, I'm grateful for this. And, and think of your blessings as you go to sleep. There was a study where they had people think and name their blessings, count their blessings, and they slept easier. And I read that study, and uh, I started trying to do that some this week. Uh, like Frank, Frank the cat comes in and annoys me, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm so thankful for Frank the cat. I'm so thankful. For <laughs> and and I, I sleep better. I really have. Um, so it's been really surprising. Now, I know if you're like me, you're thinking, I don't know if I want to add one more thing to my plate. Right? Can I add one more thing? This year's been crazy. There's so much happening in my life. You, you want me to start journaling or you want me to, you want me to add these other things? It, it becomes a burden. And, and I want you to hear me. I don't want you to add this if it's a burden. That's, it's not going to help you become grateful if we're doing it out of resentment or anger because we're being forced to do it, right? We, we're... We're called just to be grateful. It's not really even about what you do. It's really about how you do it. It's not about what you do. It's about how you do it. Which brings us to fancy plates. A while back, I reached into my cupboard, and I pulled out the plate I always use. It's this hard plastic plate that you can put in the microwave. You can throw it on the ground, and it doesn't break. You can put it in the dish, right? All these things, and it's ugly, you know? And it's, it's just... I don't know. And I saw these fancy plates we have. But we use those plates when people come over. When people come over and eat, because it's a special occasion, you know? And I said, you know, every time I eat is a special occasion. No offense to people who come over. It's a special occasion when you come too. But when I eat, it's special. <laughs> every time I eat is a gift. Every time I eat is a blessing. I'm going to start using the fancy plates. So now I, I bypass those hard plastic plates and, and I just, I go straight for the fancy plate. I said, I'm going to start eating on this to remember this is a gift. This is a special occasion in my life to get to eat. I didn't have to add anything more to my plate. I just had to notice how I'm doing things. When Danny and I sit down to pray together for, for a meal, we, we say a child's prayer. This is, this is what we've always done. This is what she learned when she was a kid. Dear Lord, give its hearts to be true and thankful for this meal we're about to receive. That's it. And every time I remember, oh yeah, what, what I'm trying to do is remember to be thankful for this. Th 
thankful for this moment, thankful for the people I'm eating with. I don't have to add anything. In fact, that prayer is so short, it subtracts a lot of things. The, the best prayer I ever experienced before a meal, I sat down with two other people and, and someone looked at both of us and they said, I am so thankful to eat this meal with you guys. That was it. And I thought, that, that just hit me right here. And, and I thought, what if I started just sitting down with people and saying, I'm so grateful I get to sit here and be with you and eat this meal with you. Simple. Just, it's not about what we do, it's about how we do it. How we're paying attention to the gifts and the blessings in our lives. That's huge. So huge. So huge that it, it changes our lives and it changes the world. So in 2015, the Pew Research Center did a study, and they asked people, you know, how grateful are you? 78% of Americans said that they're very grateful. They feel this big sense of gratitude at least, at least one time a week. Okay, 78% of Americans. Now, let me remind you um, of some of the benefits of feeling gratitude consistently. Let's put that picture up on the screen of the benefits of gratitude. You've already seen it once. Um, and what they are is uh, higher levels of positive emotions, more joy and pleasure, more optimism and happiness, more helpful, generous, and compassionate, more forgiving, less lonely, right? The, the, all those things on the right-hand side in that picture, right? If you are consistently practicing gratitude, what the doctor says is you'll experience these things. And I started thinking, 78% of people, 78% of Americans said they're, exp they're experiencing high levels of gratitude at least once per week. Do you remember what 2015 was like? The political discourse. Do, do you remember what 2016 was like? Or 2017, or 2018, or 2019? Have you, have you been paying attention to what's happening in 2020? And it made me wonder, maybe being grateful and experiencing gratitude once per week isn't enough because I haven't seen people experiencing that. I haven't seen 78% of our country benefiting from gratitude with positive emotions and joy and pleasure and optimism and happiness and helpful and generous and compassionate and forgiving. Maybe once a week isn't enough. And then it made me say, well, maybe, maybe celebrating Thanksgiving once a year isn't enough. Every, every culture since the beginning of time has, has celebrated some kind of Thanksgiving celebration for life to say, I'm grateful for this. Because we all know how important that is. It's wired in us. Uh, all, the colonies, different colonies in, in America celebrated Thanksgiving in different ways. But really, the, the first big thing that happened was George Washington. He declared a day for Thanksgiving when he was present to celebrate the Declaration of Independence. Thanksgiving as an annual celebration every year didn't come about till Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln called for a day of Thanksgiving every year in November. And he did it in the middle of the Civil War. In the middle of this dark and turbulent and difficult time, he says, we need to make sure we stop and give thanks. Because he knows gratitude leads to joy. Gratitude leads to people who are compassionate and loving and forgiving and generous. 
He doesn't say ignore all the chaos happening around you, but he says, but we need to focus on the blessings. We need to focus on the gifts. We need to focus on, on what is good. And people who are generous, they don't, they don't ignore the bad stuff. They don't pretend it's not happening, but they choose to pay attention to the good things that are happening. They're intentional with how they look and live life. And when you start to do that, what happens is you start to see the world in a whole new way. You start to experience this deep joy and you start to share it with others. You start to notice things people don't even notice. And so let me, let me close um, with this story of someone that wrote a letter. They wrote this letter earlier this year. And this is what it says. It says, Dear Sarah, this is a little bit awkward, but I've waited a really long time to pass this on to you. My wife and I came in for haircuts shortly before Christmas last year. My wife was suffering from dementia, and you treated her as if you'd been working with dementia patients all your life. You let us sit next to each other, and when it came time for her cut, you turned her chair towards me so I could watch her expression as you cut her hair. It turned out to be even better than I thought it would. Sadly, she died in March. And that haircut was one of the last best moments of her life. She felt so pretty. She visited the mirror in her bathroom several times during the day and would come out beaming. To see her so happy was priceless. Looking back, it was likely one of dozens of haircuts you gave that day but one which revitalized a woman's sense of self and her singular beauty. I hope you always realize the power of your profession. It's so easy to take things like that for granted. Sincerely, a grateful customer. He noticed all those things. He was grateful for all those things. Even though he was in the midst of losing this woman he loved so much. And then, and then, that gratitude that brought him this joy allowed him to share that with this woman who cut his wife's hair. This is what gratitude does. Gratitude allows us to be blessed, allows us to share that blessing with others, that joy with others, that gift with others. And the process shifts and changes how everyone sees, makes everyone more grateful, changes our whole world, pulls us all forward together, says, look, look at the gift of life. Look at these wonderful things happening. And so in the midst of this season, in the midst of this year, in the midst of your life right now, what I'm asking you to do is be intentional to find some way, something you can do to practice your gratitude, to grow in gratefulness. Maybe it's adding one of those things. Maybe it's journaling. Maybe, maybe it's using a different plate. Maybe it's just, right, it's not about what you do, it's about how you do it. How are you gonna do it? Because you need it, your friends need it, the world needs it. And it is contagious, just like those smiles. And so I'm going to invite you to find a way to do that for your sake and for the sake of us all. This is what God wants. This is what Christ wants, us to be thankful. 
And so may we be thankful. I invite you to take your hands and put them palms up and, and let's say a prayer together. God, we want to be grateful, thankful people. Help us to notice the ways we are blessed, just these moments in life that we have been gifted with, these experiences in life, these times in life. Help us see the good, the blessing, the gift that we could become more grateful, more filled with joy because we know this is what you've wired us to be like, wired us to live like so that we could share this gift this joy, this gratefulness with the world. And so we offer this prayer and the prayer of our hearts to you through Christ. Amen.